Job chapter 10. My soul is weary of my life. I will give free course to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will tell God, do not condemn me. Show me why you contend with me. Is it good to you that you should oppress, that you should despise the work of your hands and smile on the counsel of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh or do you see as a man sees? Are your days as the days of mortals or your years as man's years that you inquire after my iniquity and search after my sin? Although you know that I am not wicked, there is no one who can deliver out of your hand. Your hands have framed me and fashioned me altogether, yet you destroy me. Remember, I beg you, that you have fashioned me as clay. Will you bring me into dust again? Haven't you poured me out like milk and curdled me like cheese? You have clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews. You have granted me life and my lo and loving kindness. Your visitation has preserved my spirit. Yet you hide these things in your heart. I know that this is with you. If I sin, then you mark me. You will not acquit me from my iniquity. If I am wicked, woe to me. If I am righteous, I still will not lift up my head, being filled with disgrace and conscious of my affliction. If my head is held high, you hunt me like a lion, and again you show yourself powerful to me. You renew your witness against me and increase your indignation on me. Changes and warfare are with me. Why then have you brought me out of the womb? I wish I had given up the spirit and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. Aren't my days few? Stop! Leave me alone that I might find a little comfort before I go where I will not return from, to the land of darkness and of the shadow of death. The land dark as midnight of the shadow of death, without any order where the light is as midnight. In a few minutes, David is going to share his thoughts, but I thought I may just add a few thoughts of my own here. It's clear that God creates us. It speaks here of, of being uh, knitted. And in other places, we're knit together here with bones and sinews. In other places in the Bible, it says that uh, we are knit together and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, our life is so precious. God has clothed us with skin and flesh and has, and has put his spirit upon us. Uh, these, are, these are wonderful things. And Job is suffering considering these things. There's, there's great uh, turmoil and agony in his thoughts and in his suffering. And... Uh, there's something interesting about his view of, of the afterlife. Um, there doesn't seem to be uh, much promise 
where he talks of uh, going to a place he won't, will not return, which is just filled with darkness. Of course, we have a much greater hope in Christ Jesus. We have a greater knowledge, and his light shines in the darkness and destroys the darkness. And uh, in Psalm 23, it talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death. Here also, Job speaks of the land of darkness, of the shadow of death. But we have hope in Christ Jesus that will sustain us and carry us through, um, through these dark times that Job is suffering, that we also may suffer as believers. It's uh, time to stand firm and to take courage in the Word of God that will sustain us. Thank you. These are the comments for Job chapter 10, and in this chapter, the speech of Job continues. Now, this is actually the fifth speech in the book, Job's third speech, and Job's reply to his second friend. And uh, in chapter 9, the speech started and it continues, and this the speech starts to get interesting now because up to this point, there's been a discussion of um, between the friends and Job. Job is basically complaining, my life's terrible. The friends are saying, you're a sinner, repent. Job's saying, it's not my fault. The second friend says, it really is your fault. And now Job is replying, but now instead of saying, why did God, you know, you know, instead of complaining like, I wish all this hadn't happened to me, he starts in the second half of this speech to question and ask why. So because he's, he, he, knows, he knows he didn't do anything wrong, he's now starting to ask the why question. And I, I said that he should have asked this question right at the start. And if anything goes wrong in your life, I don't think, and I said in a previous video that blaming God is not the answer, but asking God why. Now that is something you can do. Job starts to do it here. He asks God for understanding. For example, in um, verse 8 he says, your hands formed me and fashioned me, but you destroy me. In verse 18, he says, why? Why did you bring me out of the womb? So he's asking the why question now, and I think that's a great, great place to be. So we're just going to, for a minute, put ourselves into Job's shoes. Well, we didn't have shoes, but put ourselves into his skin and ask ourselves, what would it be like to have all those things happen to us You'd say to God, why? Why did you kill all my children? Now, he thinks God did it to him. God didn't do it to him, but he thinks God did, do it, did it to him. Look, why did you kill all my children? Why did you take away all my wealth? Why have I been afflicted with this? Why? He doesn't understand. And um, now I want, when we get to the end of Job, which... You know, over the next few weeks, we're going to get to the end of the end of Job, and finally God's going to answer these questions. But God's not going to answer them in a super satisfying way because God doesn't actually answer them in black and white. God says things like, you know, who are you to question my wisdom? I know things you don't. And so God never comes out with an actual answer to the question that's an answer answer. He does answer. And so Job ends up, you know, accepting what the Lord says. He repents, and, and we're going to get to all of that. He, he repents of, like, not trusting the Lord, basically. But I want you to now think about what would Job think of this if he was living today, 
If Job was living today in the year 2022, if Job had the whole Bible, if Job was able to pick up his own book of Job and read it, what would Job think? I, I suggest he would be thinking very, very differently. For example, the book of Job has comforted millions and millions of Christians. You think about people you know, people like Noel, for example, who's helping us read the book of Job. The book of Job has comforted people who've lost loved ones. It's comforted people who've lost everything, people who've gone bankrupt, people who've been sick and been unable to overcome their sickness. There've been a lot of people who've had that why question. You know, why Lord, why is this happening to me? There've been a lot of good people that haven't blamed God and they've, they've struggled with why. There've also been people who have blamed God, but then the book of Job has been a source of comfort to them too. And so you'd say to yourself, if Job could travel in a time machine from where he was, you know, three and a half thousand years ago-ish, all the way to today, and he was able to look at the book, the story of what happened to him, the way that it's been included in the Bible. It's been a source of teaching and strength and encouragement to millions, maybe billions of people. Would Job, what would Job say to the Lord? I suggest what he would say to the Lord is, now I see why. You did this so that my life could be used to help others. And he would say to the Lord, thank you. I would go through it all again. And I think that every time we go through pain and suffering, it can always be used for good to help others. So in the same way that sin, we talked about this a couple of chapters ago, in the same way that sin hurts other people and it's unfair, when we're willing to go through suffering, when we go through suffering and we trust the Lord, it has the opposite effect somehow. Just like how Christ went to the cross and he suffered, that was unfair for Christ, but somehow it was unfair for everyone else in a good way. Not unfair because bad things happened and it was unfair, but good things happened because of Christ's suffering. And it's not technically fair, but we're so appreciative. And when we suffer too, and we suffer and we trust the Lord through it, good things can come out of it for others. And that's kind of not fair, but it's good. And, it's, and, and so part of the purpose in God allowing us to suffer is that he will bring good through it all. That's one of the things we learn. And I think if Job, you know, he's asking the question, why? Why did you do this? And I think now he would, if he was alive now, he would look back on it and say, now I understand. And he would even be grateful for it. <laughs> so... We've got to remember when we go through pain to try not to complain because often there are things going on we have no understanding about. And the other thing we need to do is when we look at the book of Job and we see these three friends of his who are accusing him, we need to be a little bit sympathetic to them too because they didn't know either. It definitely seemed like Job had done the wrong thing and in their minds they were trying to help. They thought if he can just repent, he can get his life back on track. <laughs> Who hasn't said that to, to a friend or a loved one? Look, you've done the wrong thing. Get yourself sorted out. You're helping when you say those things. His friends are actually trying to help in a kind of a way. <laughs> so, but in the end, we marvel at the wisdom of our God who allowed Job to go through this. The devil probably thought he was having a great victory. If you go back to our chapters one and two where the devil accused Job and all this pain commenced, the devil thought, yes, but God in his great wisdom knew so much good is going to come out of this. He allowed it. And so when God allows things in our life too, he may not cause them, but he does allow them. 
or that good will come out of it too. And we trust him. Father, we do trust you. We thank you for the good that you bring out of our lives, despite the pain and the suffering. And we thank you that you're so patient and kind and wonderful and wise. And we lean on your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen.